And there are many times in our life that changes take place that we have no control over. We, there's nothing that we can do about the situation. And while we know verses like this and a couple of others that I'm going to turn to in a few moments, and we know theologically God's in control, <coughs> excuse me, even this morning we have the evidence of the province of God. Now I want you to think for a second. Whether you realize it or not, and it's not just Fellowship Bible Church, but we have had in New England just in the past month every Wednesday night and every Sunday affected by the weather. We're not the only church. <laughs> All of them are affected. In fact, I had, I was talking with Chris uh, Smith, and, and Chris Smith uh, kidded with me, but he, he said it was true. He said last week, he said, what I did is I looked at Fellowship Bible Church's site, and then I decided what to do based on what you were doing. And he was just sharing with me, you know, you're caught and you just don't know what to do because you've got to think of the safety of the people. You've got to think of the circumstances. And, and he was saying, you know, what is it? Every Sunday something's happening, you know, and so forth. I don't know, but God's in control. And we need to realize that, and we need to see that. We went three weeks straight without having prayer meeting and because of circumstances and, and situations that came up. And, and I want you to see that. So what is happening? God's in control, folks, and he knows what's best. He does. And another example that we can relate to just this week, and then I'll take it even into our own lives. But you saw on TV what happened with the situation with the plane. People got, and there's another thing that came into my mind. People get into a plane, and they were expecting to go to the south. Well, they might have gone south a little bit, but they didn't go too far. Six minutes into the flight, they found themselves sitting in what? A harbor in New York. Why? And it was interesting to me, because I've tried to listen to some of the accounts and so forth, and I've made some comments to my wife on this. I found it interesting because several people that they interviewed, one particular man stuck out in my mind. I don't think Linda was with me when I saw that particular person speaking. But he said that he was asked what he, was, what he did by a newscaster, and he said, first thing I did was look at everybody on the plane. And he said, everybody, that was his words, everybody was praying. He said, I heard Hail Marys. He said, I heard Our Fathers. He said, I heard people praying just in their own words. And it just sounded to me like he was just observing, and he didn't know, you know whether people were this denomination. But he said, everybody was praying. Isn't it interesting that their lives would change just like that? Several of them, after being interviewed, said they thought they were going to die. I would have thought that this is probably when the Lord is going to take me home. Now, by his grace, we know that he didn't do that, and the pilot, and so forth, and how God used him. But again, I want you to see, we look at verses like this, and the one I'm going to look at in a minute, and we say to ourselves, I know God's in control. Do we really believe that when situations change like this? As I shared with you, uh, I think it was last week, or it could have been the week before, but even in my own automobile, I was on my way to visit someone in the hospital, and smack, within seconds, I was hit on the side, and I was in a car accident. Didn't even see the other person, you know, and so forth. Uh, things change just like that in our lives. And we know forecasts and so forth and, and what they said last night, and so we couldn't prepare it to a certain degree. But we really do not know. And this is why it's very practical. The Lord's reminding us there's nothing wrong with planning. 
And I hope you understand that. There's nothing wrong with engaging in business, and that's kind of appropriate because the text that was going to be for this morning that will be in next week is, Lord willing, is related to that. But there's nothing wrong with engaging in business, and there's nothing wrong with making a profit. I hope you understand that. That's not his criticism because he says in verse 15 that if the Lord wills, we'll do that, see? And that's the point. And we ought to be going through our lives in a very practical way with that understanding. Sometimes the lives of our children change. Sometimes your physical condition, it's, and even though we prayed for Mrs. Paveo this morning, it was another thing that had come to my mind. Still, within a day, you don't know how things are going to change. You just don't know what's going to happen in your own life, in my own life, in our children's lives, in our financial circumstances. And again, just the practicality, I'm sure some of you <clears throat> have watched news, <clears throat> excuse me, in the TV set, and have heard that Circuit City's closing. And you say, well, yeah, Circuit City's closing. What? 30, if I have it right, and you can correct me, I think they said 30,000 jobs potentially are going to be affected. 30,000. That's one company, folks. One company. The economy has changed. We know that. In fact, it was like in October that what happened was the faucet just got shut off, to just try to illustrate. It's like you had running water, and boom, just got shut off. People in our own assembly are affected by that one. People in our assembly are affected. Camille Joachim right now is away. And again, I'm just trying to relate it. You may be sitting here this morning and say, well, I haven't been affected by that yet, and I'm not affected. But we really need to see what it means to say, I'm walking by faith. We really need to see what it means to say to, to the Lord, yes, Lord willing, I'll do this. Lord willing, I'll do that. And to understand what it means when God makes changes in our lives that we never anticipated because we need to realize, verse 14, even our life itself is truly a vapor that fades, and it's gone. It's gone. And the youngest person in this room, whatever age that might be, I remember when I was a kid, my parents, I used to think my mom and my older brothers and sisters were crazy. You know, you'll see when you get older how fast life goes by. Yeah, I can't wait to get out of grammar school. That's how I was thinking. Uh, the eighth grade is never going to get here. And then I found out after the eighth grade, high school just sniffed by. College, I don't even think I saw it. It flew. You know, and Linda and I have talked about even our family. What happened, and any, I hope some of your parents can relate to that if you're around my age. What happened between age 20 and age 40? I don't know. I know we had children. And I know we went to a lot of events. Really, we did. We were running around, carpooling, going to church, everything else. But you begin to look back and you say, where did it go? What just happened? And again, it vanishes away. And so we ought to be saying, you know, if the Lord wills, so make plans. And we ought, what ought to be our biggest plan? Our biggest plan ought to be to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was going to look at that at the end, but let's go back to uh, that passage. Go to Matthew chapter 6 first. Let's go to Matthew 6 for just a moment. And again, to take advantage of today how things change in our lives. And we know that. Now, I won't read all of the context of chapter 6, verses 25 through 32 particularly, but I think you, you know the context. I'm pretty confident that you do. It is dealing with worrying about what to drink or what to eat. 
But I think it's also practical because we're living in an economy. We're praying for a couple as a church, as you know, that not only does not have work, they don't have a place to live. Right now they temporarily do. We've been praying for John for a while, right? And we need to continue to pray for them. But so there's the reality to that in, in people's lives. And in our own lives, when we're, we're worried about a job, when we're worried about what can happen. But I think the principle, understanding I'm dealing primarily this morning with just application. When you come to verse 33, seek first, we know this, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That ought to be the goal. We ought to have another passage, by the way. We ought to have it as our aim, the scriptures say, to please him. Our aim and our goal ought to be to please him no matter what changes because our plans will change by our own doing, but there are situations that come into our life in which we have no control and God is the one that has changed the plans. And if we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will take care of everything else. And isn't it true, 34 falls right into it with a conclusion there because he says, don't be anxious because anxiety comes in. It does. And anxiety is related to fear. It is. We don't know. Fear of the unknown. And it leads to depression in a number of situations. And he just says, look, don't be anxious for tomorrow because we know that tomorrow will care for itself. It's enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? Every day has its own troubles. It does. And we cannot possibly anticipate. There is no way to get again to the practical we could have anticipated beforehand that on every Wednesday night and on every Sunday morning or Sunday evening, we were going to have this bad weather in the winter. We say, well, I live in New England. We should be ready for it. No. Just using that as an advantage to help us to understand. Go with me to another very, very familiar passage. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. And right away, you're going to know where I'm going. Proverbs chapter while I go there, I want to share a little bit. <clears throat> Yesterday morning we had our <clears throat> men's meeting, and it was a real delight, the fellowship that we had and so forth. But we dealt <clears throat> with the subject of ungodliness and really broke it down. And what it's dealing with is it's not being toward God. And we dealt with the reality how even in the believer's life, that was our concentration, in the believer's life, all it means is that we go through our life and see if this isn't true in your life. We all admitted yesterday it is true in our lives. We go through our daily routine, routine with so many things, and a lot of times there's no thought of God. We just go through our housework. We just go through making meals. We just go through going on our job. We just go through talking with neighbors. We just go through going to church. We just go through doing this, and the bottom line is, yeah, we pray a little bit here, and we pray a little bit there, and we read the word when we're supposed to, but we're not really having that God consciousness. And that's really what ungodliness is. It's lack of thought toward God. That's what James is talking about. When he says, you know, you're making plans, but where's God in the plans? We've heard the expression many times by a number of different people, you know, we, we made our plans, and we told God what we're going to do, and then we prayed about it after the fact. That's not the way we should approach things. 
which we should approach, and when we don't know and we don't understand what is going on, is Proverbs chapter 3, the practical application to that. Trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart, not just half-heartedly. That's James again. Even when you pray, you don't pray like a, a, a wave driven in the wind that's tossed to and fro. But we ought to trust in the Lord with all our heart, not leaning on our own understanding. And it's kind of interesting even the context in that because he deals with the fact of the word of God particularly and finding favor in God's eyes in verse 4. You look back on it on your own. But he says, do not lean on your own understanding. And then he says this, in all your ways, in everything that we do. It sounds like 1 Corinthians 10, doesn't it? Verse 31 that you probably quote and sang songs about. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, what does it say? Do all to the what? Glory of God. There isn't any aspect of our life, including those areas, that's where I'm coming from this morning, including, including those areas where God has brought change into our life that we could not have anticipated. And I'm not talking about six hours ahead of time because we looked at the news. But to make us realize there could be sickness coming in. There could be job situations coming in. We as a country are facing an economic difficult situation. We are, uh, are, are facing change in our government, good or bad, and everybody has their own personal opinion. But we will see. But we are facing those changes. We are facing changes in the structures of our families all the time. We are facing changes as to whether we can get around like this or we can't get around. We are facing changes in our personal lives, in our congregation's lives. We are facing all kinds of things. What are we to do? We are still to look at the one. It's interesting, I came in, there were a couple of men in the office this morning sharing verses out of Matthew chapter 10, where it talks about how the Lord cares for us more than the sparrows. There isn't a sparrow that falls to the ground, the scriptures say. The Lord knows it, right? So does he know? Did he know that today we would have this snow and some people would not be able to get out and last week we had the snow and does he know that next week we could have a typhoon that comes and throws it? I hope it doesn't. But, uh, you know, and it comes all the way from Salisbury Beach all the way to reach here. You say it's impossible. Not with God, it's not. But my point is we don't know the change. Is it possible that some that are sitting in this audience this morning could be facing a situation where right now you have your job, but next week your boss could call you in your office and say, we didn't see it, we were hoping it wouldn't happen, I have to let you go today. That's happened to some people that we've been praying for. It could happen this week to some of you. Awesome physical situations. And so if we're wishing that on you, no. But the practicality of these verses that we cling to, and they should be precious to us, and they are precious to us, but I think we need to see that God is sovereignly in our control, uh, in control, not us. It's not in our control, all things. And what we need to do is keep trusting God. What we need to do is keep turning to the Lord and allowing him to guide in our lives, acknowledge him, get acquainted with him. Eternal life, folks, and we will see that eventually in John, we know it, though, is knowing Jesus Christ in whom he and, and, the, and the Father. It is knowing them. It is knowing God. 
The prayer that we find in Colossians and Ephesians by the Apostle Paul is for believers to increase in their knowledge of God because the more we become acquainted with him, the more we get to know God, the more we realize we can trust him even when the situations, and this, by the way, is not bad. But we need to understand the practicality of that taking in in our life. So the thought I have for you this morning is a little different from what we had in John. It's a little change, and I want to go to Psalm 63 for just a moment in closing. But I think if you get nothing else today, hopefully God can use this in your life and my life to see that, you know what, I just need to keep trusting him. I need to realize circumstances can change. Things might not always go the way I want them, the way you want them. And it would be really practical, even in this economy, even in this situation, even with what is happening, and even if you're on a plane and God takes it down, God's still in control. Even if you're in a job situation and all of a sudden it changes, God is still in control. And let's close with Psalm 63, verse 1. O oh God, personal application here, thou art my God. I shall seek thee earnestly. Earnestly, the psalm says. And the, probably a little better translation, in my opinion, would be early, early on. We need to seek him early. Let that be a practical application to your youth. Let that be a practical application if you just get served to uh, save, to be looking and seeking him. How should we seek him? Look what the psalmist says. My soul, my innermost being, that which makes me function in connection with God, thirsts after thee. My flesh, what does it do? It yearns for thee, not for things, not for circumstances, but for God. And he says in there, to give us a very vivid, and you love the Hebrew poetry, don't you? And how it just gives us the pictures of what he's talking about in a dry and weary land where there is not some water, but none. No water. So that you can pray for it and again see a little bit of today's message and where it's coming from. I was also moved this week. Some of you probably have the same emails to you, but the Maddox emailed me, and uh, as they did with many people that they email. And some of you know they minister in Fiji Islands frequently and for years as well as New Zealand. And they were writing asking for urgent prayer because the Fiji Islands this week had, and, and into last week had tremendous rains. And when I talk tremendous rains, there were mudslides and all of the homes were being destroyed. And they were concerned for their daughter and their family because the buildings were gone. And according to the email I got and the communication that I was able to find out, they kept using the term over and over, there is no pure water left on the island. None. Typhoid had already broken out. There were diseases that were already there now. There was no food. It had been contaminated. And so they were saying, please pray for those in Fiji and the missionaries that are there. There's an institute there that's on the highest point on the island of Fiji. And that was in danger. That's how bad it is, and so forth. And I have not had an update yesterday or today, but that was right through Friday that I was able to understand. What, what are we saying? Circumstances changed drastically. Is God still there? Yes.
Can God still be trusted? Yes. And so take advantage of the, the opportunities when things get changed, when plans that you and I would have had don't come out the way that we would want them to come out. To do what? To continue to trust in God. How do I do that? By seeking him early. By what? Not just including him in all your plans, but in going to him first. In seeking the kingdom of God. In seeking the righteousness of God. In seeking for, in our lives, to have our lives developed to be such that we want to know more about God and let God work in our lives through the circumstances that we can't change anyway. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for these hearty individuals that have come out this morning. I believe with all my heart there's no mistake. I know I labored this week in preparing a different message. I know we labored in preparing for tonight. I know these folks have looked forward to this weekend themselves and the plans that they've had. But, Father, you've sought to change a lot of things. But, Father, we are so grateful and so thankful. In your essence, you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Father, that we can trust in you with all our heart, not lean on our own understanding, and you'll direct us. You'll guide our paths. We know, Father, that you will provide for our every need, Matthew. And we know, Father, even as we plan, that we ought to have the concept, it's if you will. And so, Father, as things go, come up in our life and things change, help us to continue to trust in you. I thank you, Father, for the great God that you are. Help us, Father, to thirst for you as we would in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water so that we can see that you're the one that can satisfy and meet our needs. Thank you for being here today with us and pray you give us safety as we travel home today. And again, bless those who are unable to be here. Nourish them from your word. Encourage them and encourage our hearts. Be with those maybe in our own assembly that are even going to be affected by the economy with even the changes that are taking place as we've heard in the news. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name.